Poop City isn't a place. It's the mediocrity of the American experience. From the perspective of two leftists reading the news, my name is Stephen. And my name is Charles. And our show is called Escape from Poop City. Let's talk about the escapes. Okay, well, if things get too heavy or we get too angry, we can trigger an escape. Which prompts a thought experiment. Like, what is the most Gwyneth Paltrow thing about you? And the most you thing about Gwyneth Paltrow? Or decide on the Mortal Kombat finishing moves of the characters from Shrek. Find us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your pods. You know you want to. Who's holding you back? Do it. Do it. Do it. Nicholas Cage did name his child Kal-El, though. So that's a little bit of points against him, I think. Fucking nerd. Like, I get it. And, like, yeah. Like, I get it, but your kid's name is Kal-El now. I guess you call him Cal. That's not a weird name. But everyone would think it stands for Cal. That's like naming your kid. Calling your kid May. And, like, uh, the full name is Mayonnaise. Uh, I know someone whose name... a real big fan of condiments. I know someone whose name is Sadie Mae, and I am going to say that to her. Is your name Mayonnaise? Is that Mayonnaise? why I would call you Mae? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Her stream name is Mashiro Kuna Mae, and so I just call her Mae, and I'm, now I'm going to be like, is your name Mayonnaise? Mashiro Kuna Mayonnaise. Exactly. <laughs> Mayonnaise. Welcome to Brose. My name is Matt Casnell, and joining me as they always do are my bros from Belmar, New Jersey. It's Mr. Rich Sweeten. Hi, everyone. From Haddon Heights, New Jersey, it's Mr. Sean O'Brien. Hey, everybody. And from the people that brought you Durr and Hederpty Durr, Tim Hansen is Hederpty Durpty Durpty Deedly Dumb. Yep, that's it. We're at that part of the evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's a derp-de-der. Until one day, Matt's run out to find out. Matt's run out of actual plot points, and he's just like, I'm going to make dumb noises. And now, derp-de-derp-de-der. <laughs> so good so stupid but i love it uh, <laughs> uh all right let's just move on welcome to the award-winning brose podcast available on all <laughs> i mean what else do you want like where is it's the third it's the third episode of the session session 82 and you know, we can keep going with the rob schneider thing we could pivot to something else if you want for the intro or you can just tell people that you can listen to us uh, on the I would, platforms. We, i would be livid if you stopped doing rob schneider <laughs> i'm a carrot uh the premise <laughs> of our show is that we answer questions from you the audience sometimes but mostly, it's us, the list, the, the four bros. We bring our own questions to the table. <laughs> I keep forgetting that we did that for four years. Now we, we changed the format of the show back in like November, and I still nailed it. And we are not listening to what each other are saying at all. <laughs> so to call us the listeners would be incredibly disingenuous. Pardon me, what? Like any actual <laughs> listeners? <laughs> I mean, I am the listener in three weeks from now, and I never submit questions. So yeah, 
You're like, I said that? I can't believe it. <laughs> anyway, if you're a listener out there in listener land, we do answer listener questions here on the show about life, the universe, and everything. But you need to email them to brosequestions at gmail.com if you want them answered on the air. That's brosequestions at gmail.com. First, though, let's talk about what we are drinking. Sean is gazing longingly into the label of his bottle. Uh, so I presume he's got he's prepping himself with some notes, some some commentary. Uh, yeah, well, I was I was reading the back to see if it added any context to the wine, and it doesn't really. So this is Vigna Zorzal, mm-hmm. uh, a Grenache rosé. It's Spanish, so it is a risotto, uh, which I don't know if that means something different. Mm. Um, but it's good. It is a a real solid V, just really. From start, the beginning of the session to now, just fully hmm. crushing it. I have I have genuinely just been like, it's not a thinker. You will just surreptitiously be sipping this bad boy all night long, and you'll have a good time. Mr. Rich Sweeten, what are you drinking? I have topped off my little itty-bitty bottle of Sutter Home, uh, the original White Zinfandel. I enjoyed it a lot. It was really good. Most excellent. Tim Hansen, have you enjoyed yours? No. All right. What is it? Uh, <laughs> I'm drinking House Wine Rosé Bubbles in this wonderful uh, rainbow bottle uh, that is dedicating sales or donating some of its sales to human rights campaign for uh pride month um it is way too bubbly and even with it some of the carbonation going down by this point and it warming up and not just tasting like cold it is um yeah it's still just like a b minus c wine which is like i those kind of wines i drink one glass and it's like cool i did it i'm done but we don't just drink one glass. No, we don't. We drink three, as a matter of fact. That's quit it. Sounds talk. Like it sounds like your your review would be you just cut out the middleman and make a donation to the Human Rights Foundation if you want. Yeah, right. you can uh, you can pass on this bad boy. It's it's bad. <laughs> I've never seen Tim in more uh, suffering than I've seen him right now. When he just took another sip of that one. Yeah, it warmed up. <clears throat> and, and and remember, a glass is only five ounces, not what we normally. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> wow, mm. tough sledding. I'm drinking Le Fet, uh a Spanish red wine uh, made with a mix of Tempranillo, Garnacha, Garnacha and Syrah grapes. Uh, it's the last glass of this bottle, and uh, look, man, it's quite good. It's a nice red wine mix, uh, good robust flavor. I'm gonna take another sip right now. Yeah, very full, very, very full-bodied uh, red wine. Uh, would definitely recommend. Look, man, if you're a red wine drinker, you're going to like this wine. It's a solid B, B-plus level red wine. Uh, so can't go wrong with it. All right. Who's got a question? Brosequestions at gmail.com. If you out there in listener land want your question answered on the air. But who wants to kick off this final episode with our question? Uh, oh, I can. Okay. Unless somebody else has one. That they're raring to get. Not raring. Going. No. All you, uh, bro. Okay. Uh, so, all right, two things. One, before my question, this is not related to the question at all, but Tim's uh, wine made me think about it. If you would like to 
donate to a good cause during Pride Month and also not get it B wine, B C minus wine, you should go to humblebundle.com because currently they have the Pixel Pride bundle, which is a, a bunch of games made by Andor containing LGBTQ plus either by LGBTQ plus creators or with those themes. Uh, but Celeste is in there Ooh. and you can get it for $12 and a portion of the sale will go to the Trevor project, which is also a solid charity, Very but there's nice. a, you get, you can get up to seven games. Very nice. Which is dope. Yeah. Noise. And, uh, but specifically Celeste, Celeste, even if you don't want any of those other games, you can get Celeste for $7. That game is hard as shit, but it's a lot of fun. But it's so good, very good game. If you're into if you're into that, very much. If you've been putting off Celeste for whatever reason, you have until today, as this, uh, I think when this podcast comes out, this Tuesday is the last day. Honestly, uh, I also my- hear that Boyfriend Dungeon is fantastic. Yeah, I definitely mm. bought this a couple days ago, uh, just because I was like, I also bought this one, and there was, also there's a Metroidvania one, so. Very fun. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, my question. Uh, is what when what do you want to happen when you die? So when you die, do you want it to be lights out? Do you want it to be like a heaven, like the storybook heaven, or like the Bible heaven? I get, I don't know. Mm. The like the the fan. I don't want to say fantasy because this is a legitimate thing that people believe but like the the heaven in which you are reunited with all your loved ones and it is just pure pleasure or whatever whatever you think might happen because i was i've been thinking about this recently not because i want to die or anything just you know uh just because and i think right now i would really like it to be just kind of all of my uh, all of the pieces of me that exist just kind of return to the universe and I'm just kind of like that's it like it just ends and I'm that's it I don't have to worry about anything and it's just I'm just returning from whence I came and I don't have, and it's just a beautiful end and I just kind of float off into eternity and that seems really nice to me just to kind of be able to be like some nice sigh into that long good night. I think I would be really content. I'd I'd be kind of bummed if I died right now at TBH because I like have a lot going on. But like, <laughs> I have a lot. Assuming. There would be a lot of commitments that I would be missing, and I think I just I couldn't do that to those people. Got a reservation but at I, Kitchen Five One Nine tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, Did you follow up with Matt to make sure you guys are still on for tomorrow, though? You gotta. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sean sent me six I, texts I... earlier this week <laughs> to make sure. But Matt, you have yeah, to drive out to King of Pressure this. in the morning. Mm. <laughs> but I think, but I think that for me right now, that seems the most pleasant to me. Like I think uh, a an eternity of existing seems nightmarish, even if it is without worry or like all of my desires are being met. It just seems I right now that seems terrible. And so I think just kind of it being lights out and all of my 
pieces go on to make different new stuff. You know, all of the little electrons and all the atoms, they just kind of uh, float off into the ether and become stars and then other people or aliens. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> but that seem, but that that's what seems nice to me right now is just being done. Just fully closing the book. When you're done, you're and done. Starting, and starting new books. Same. I am sure that we've brought this up. In fact, I'm almost positive we have. Mm-hmm. It's been a while, though. The way that we... Well... The way that, like, The Good Place framed it was mm-hmm. really good. The TV show, The Good Place. Uh, where you mm-hmm. sort of have, like, the option. Like, all right, I'm done. Like, I've had the... Uh, mm-hmm. I've had the opportunity in the afterlife to sort of pursue... You know, I've lived a good life, and so I, I go to this this good place, and now I have the opportunity to pursue whatever interests I have until the point where I'm just like, you know what, I've exhausted everything. Um, and I think that is part of what makes life so precious is that you don't have that unlimited amount of resources, time, money, th- etc., to pursue everything you've ever wanted. You have a finite amount of time, and so life is about what you make of it in the limited time that you have, but the afterlife is, you know, presumably if you believe in a heaven or believe in an afterlife that is, is graceful and merciful, then you do get to pursue things that you wouldn't, you know, in exchange for your human life, you get to, you know, live on in whatever this, this, this universe is that, that your religion believes in or, or your belief system constructs, you get to pursue anything that you want. So, I, I do like that one where it's like, like I, I treasure the connections that I've made in life, whether it's family members who are gone or friends or family members who are still with me um, too much to say, all right, when I die, well, I guess that's the end of it. You know, like I, it's sort of like, I'm always going to be that guy who's like, I, I want a couple more minutes. Like if I can only have five more minutes, like that's sort of like the dream, like the afterlife is sort of like you get to fulfill all those like wishful fantasies in the afterlife. And then after, you know, however many years, decades, centuries, you just go, you know what I have, I have, I'm ready. Like I'm ready to just, you know, my, my atoms return to the cosmos and then that's the end of it. So uh, giving you that would be my ideal afterlife is like it allows you to pursue all the interests and, and live the life that you wanted and give you the choice to go when you are ready. Whereas on earth, you don't get that choice. It's just, you know, when, when it's, when the bell tolls, it tolls for thee. Like that's the end of it. Like you, you don't get to choose when we, we, we sadly don't get to choose when we go. So it, it, the, that would be my ideal afterlife is like, you get to pursue all that to their logical ends when you feel fulfilled as a human being, uh, whether that's spending more time with your loved ones, you know, that's, that's pursuing your goals and interests in the afterlife. You know, that's, you know, that, that's kind of my, my, my ideal version of the afterlife. When you originally asked this question, I thought you meant like when you die, I thought you meant like what you're like, <laughs> your funeral proceed your, your funeral arrangements oh, no, no. would be i mean i mean what do you like after that yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just just right my, my choice is biodegradable coffin like just still out oh for sure yeah, yeah. uh i would yeah i think if you if you don't i will be i will fucking haunt you so anybody who listens to this and i am dead if you have not put me in a biodegradable coffin and maybe a tree specifically <laughs> fuck you 
fuck you. Just a big old. This is how we get haunted forests and Trent, Sean. Yeah, that's what's gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna fucking haunt the shit out of whoever my you, next of kin is. You heard it here first. Put Sean in the biggest, thickest, exotic wood coffin you can possibly find. Impossible to break down after millennia. Yeah. yeah. Bury me in fucking cement. Mm-hmm. Actually, plastic. In the middle of the ocean. I would like to contribute to the microplastics that everyone is ingesting. In, yeah, inside of like a, like a sparkling water bottle. <laughs> oh, you're not going to be the microplastics. You're going to be part of that giant, giant floating island of plastic trash. Yeah, yeah. That's just my life. Giant floating mass of plastic down the river. Uh, Tim, what would you like your afterlife experience to be like? Um, yeah, I kind of just want it to be done, to be over. Um, like, I feel like at that point, uh, and kind of now and kind of always, like, I'm just constantly tired. Uh, and not, not just like physically tired, but like. I feel like I don't I'm just always worried about something or overthinking something or preparing for something or dealing with the fallout of something and even when I'm like chilling I'm still doing one of those things at some point or somewhere in the back of my head it's just whether I'm actively putting effort into it or it's just the the fly on the back of my eyelids kind of thing Um, so I think I would just like, I'm done now. We're good. Is it? So if you had an afterlife where you could revisit a version of yourself, that's not tired, for example, like you get to the end of your life, you've exhausted yourself. You're, you're happy with your mortal, you know, your, this mortal coil. Uh, but you have the opportunity to be like, Oh, there's an afterlife where you could be the energetic version of yourself that is that have that, that, Joy de vivre. Uh, that that would not you know like that would interest you at that point in your life. Maybe, but I feel like if anything, I'd be more sad that I couldn't have done that during my actual life, and I think that would be worse. And also, and also, that's not you. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like part of me is my experiences is and my state. Yeah. And so, like, I don't know. I would, I wouldn't. It wouldn't be me anymore. Like, Ooh. I view. I have a. The world I have a follow-up question. My anxieties, and my depression, and my like all of the things that are in quotes wrong with me. Like, I don't know if I if all of that was gone. Like, it's not the same me. Mm. You know, and that's and that's that's okay. Like, if that Sean wants to live forever, freaking good power to him. But. This Sean wants to take a nap. The big nap. <laughs> the dirt nap. Big nap. Uh, Rich, what do you want to happen uh, to you when you die? Yeah, I'm with you, Sean. Uh, uh, Matt, I want I want more of like the idea of the the good place. Like the all right, after you're done here, you go to the good place, and then you can spiritually visit places and do whatever you didn't get to do while here. 
And then when you're done, when you're ready, when you've had enough time, you can just cross a threshold. Um, that's that to me that that sounds honestly like the dream because like, yeah, it's, you can then be Sean and Tim. You guys could get to the good place and be like, all right, well, I'm ready to call it anyway, and <laughs> just cross the threshold right then and there. Or you could be like me and Matt and sit around and hang out and do other stuff and like it's. It's absolutely your choice. That's like, that's the ultimate idea. Um, I was thinking of asking, do you want to hear what child, but let's face it, teenager Richie wanted the afterlife to be? What did teenager Richie want the afterlife to be? I was going to say no, just to be a a dick. I'm a little bit scared. Teenage (laughs) Richie wanted the afterlife to be um, that every day you wake up in your room and there's a hallway. And in this hallway are countless doors. And you step through each door, depending on how you're feeling, and you're in your favorite anime, you're in your favorite medium, and you get to be your favorite (gasps) character in that thing. That's what Teenage Richie wanted the afterlife to be. I just want to point out that... Tim just wanted sex all day. What are you doing? (laughs) Well, that's... I wanted to be in Bleach, okay? This is good... (laughs) I was like, this is going to be a situation in which you open the door and there's a different woman no. in every Before room. you even got and to that, he's like, you wake up in a room and I was like, and there's a different woman every day. I, just, I saw <laughs> yeah. Sean's look. And I was like. I, I saw the look on Sean's face and I thought he was just getting anxiety over the prospect of the choice of like 50 doors. <laughs> oh my God. That's honestly, honestly, hmm, I would always like go into like, I would just, oh I no, be? I think it would be okay. If that were the if that were the case where it was just a bunch of rooms, I think it would I would just pick I would it would RNG would just determine mm-hmm. that. I wouldn't I would take yeah. the, take take the choice out of my hands, just be like, I'm doing something random today. I could not if if that were the case where I could do literally anything, as long as there is a finite number of things, I think I'd be okay. Because I could just be like, let's do a random thing, and if I don't like it, I can just switch. Yeah. Ugh. I think the tough part of the good place, uh, which is they, they they display in the finale of the show, uh, the tough part of that will be the the, the point at which um, either I or my wife or my daughter, who presumably would have joined us in, in the good place at this point, uh, decide that they're done and the other two of us aren't or the other one mm-hmm. of us isn't. At, at that point, mm-hmm. whether it's me or whether it's my wife, whether it's my daughter, like that that separation where it's like, well, this is like really it. Like and is of your own volition, and so it would be that bargaining piece of like trying to keep them there or trying to keep me there or whatever. So that part would be extremely tough, and it would also be very tough for me to not go like, "Well, I'll just go with you." Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's Any other thoughts on what your ideal afterlife would be? No. Uh, we we tend to split 50 50 on this way more often than you would think like yeah. it just you know what i mean like it's just like i don't know mm-hmm. what a random thing to say when it's whether it's sandwiches or uh heaven afterlife. yeah heaven so, sandwich heaven nobody said sandwich heaven <laughs> jesus oh sandwich no heaven. i can't deal with the two different size sandwiches all the time <laughs> jesus christ um uh <laughs> I, I do have kind of a follow-up question. All right. If, if you guys are okay with it. Sure. So I didn't have a question before. So it, like this sparked off of Sean's thing. And specifically uh, when Sean, you started talking about how like, well, 
if I am just that energetic and happy and I don't have any of the anxiety, that's not me. Um, which sparked a conversation I've had with a couple people over uh, several years is, and I guess there's a couple different layers, but I'm going to try and focus on one part is in advanced stages of Alzheimer's. Um, my personal belief, and I'll, I'll give my personal belief and then kind of l- open the floor to your thoughts, maybe not necessarily a specific question, which is if I am at the point where I cannot help myself or I don't remember who anyone is, um, old yeller me. Let, let me go out on my own terms because I'm not me anymore is my perspective. Like, And having watched a family member go through Alzheimer's and that may not have been her choice, but like that, that's when you, one, you don't even remember who's walked in and out of a room to the point where one of my favorite compliments is walking in and out of the living room and be like, where are all these handsome young men coming from? And be like, Oh, those are all me. Hmm. Um, but the sadness of you didn't realize that I walked out of the room and then walked back in and you think I'm a different person. Not great, but also you don't know who I am and you've known me my entire life. Not great. Um, and like at, at my, my, and I had already kind of thought this before then, that kind of solidified my perspective is at that point, I, I am no longer me. I am something, someone else or a previous version of myself who cannot change, who cannot advance, and there is only worse. Um, like, I, I don't want, that's not the life I want to live because I don't even know I'm living it. So what's the point? Mm is kind of my thought process. So my perspective in the world of dementia and getting that far along into it, I would prefer to just be done again. So, Mm -hmm. and, and why I said there could be multiple letters or layers to this is like, what, what are your thoughts on suicide? What are your thoughts on legal medically help suicide? Blah, 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 blah. I'm not, I don't want to get into all those because that's, that's a lot of, different things but you can touch on them if you'd like um thoughts i totally agree with the idea of death with dignity i totally agree with the idea of if you are terminal if you are unable to care for yourself or in a or in the in the process of becoming unable to be a functioning person in a sense uh, that you should be allowed to choose when, how, uh, when you go, how you, or not how you go, but when you go. And it, it is your, it should be your right. And if somebody agrees to do it, I, like a doctor or whatever, it should be allowed. Like it is, you shouldn't be forced to live because other people are making you live in a sense. <laughs> So I want to just narrow the scope a little bit and um, agree death with dignity, all that jazz, being able to make that decision. Kind of the issue with Alzheimer's is 
can you cognitively make that decision? Like this is a decision I'm making for myself in advance. When you are there and you have not discussed that and you've not had that conversation. True. When it comes to, in, in the in the scope of Alzheimer's, you're right. Like you cannot actively make that choice. Yeah, that's why I was trying to narrow are, the scope. Yeah, but there's I always, there's always I I like I don't know 100 percent the scope of like how like how fast Alzheimer's onsets, but or if you can like pre like write a living will to be like all right at this point or if I get to this bed or whatever then. This is my wishes. These are my wishes. If you can get that signed off, I'm like I don't know 100 percent the full rules on death of Digni- the death of dignity acts. I don't know like how Alzheimer's fully fully uh, uh, goes from beginning to end. But if there if you can still be cognitive and make this decision 20 years prior, but then it doesn't come into effect until 20 years, I fully agree that somebody should have, be able to have that choice prior to them not being able to cognitively function if you can if that makes sense yeah i think the, the, the there's always a differentiation between like what should be legally allowed and then what's like the right decision it's always the question of like oh well like you have a right to do this mm-hmm. by the law and it's not the by by saying i believe you should have the right to do this does not necessarily mean i think it's the right thing to do it's morally right in all situations so like mm-hmm. for example um you know, to just say this point, I'm generally in favor of a, you know, a, a right to basically a right to die, uh, essentially for an own personal choice. But I think it seems like what Tim's going for is more like, hey, what would you do? Like, yeah. Hey, as opposed to like what you should be allowed to do, um, mm-hmm. more like what would your decision be? And for me, that's a little bit tougher. Um, so my my sole experience, my sole experience that that made a visceral impact to me. I I, I had I had an aunt who was who was not quite fully there uh, at the end of her life, but I don't I, I don't recall. I don't believe she had Alzheimer's necessarily. I think her, her memory was just kind of failing her. I did have uh, my great grandmother uh, who had Alzheimer's near the end of her life. My great grandmother was an immigrant from Czechoslovakia back when it was still one country. And by the end of her life, uh, you know, she was, I want to say her late 80s when she finally passed, um, she had forgotten how to speak English. So, um, so, but she would, my father would still come to bed. My father doesn't know a lick of Czech and neither do I, but uh, we would go and see her at the, at her, at her, her care facility. And she wouldn't recognize me because I'd only entered her life, you know, 10 years prior or whatever it was at that point. Uh, but she, she recognized her, her Ronnie, her, her grandson. And, uh, and so even though she would be speaking in Czech and he would just sort of nod and smile and all that, there was, there was somebody in there that recognized my dad. And, and there was sort of that two way relationship of like, surely my, my great grandmother at that point, my dad's grandmother is not the same person that my, my dad knew his whole time growing up. It was a different person, but there was somebody in there that gets, some joy out of my dad, out of her grandson visiting or, or a friend visiting or something like that. Her, her, her husband had unfortunately passed away years ago. So she was alone. She was alone in the, the facility, but she got a joy out of seeing those people in her life. And my father surely got, even though she was, he was seeing his grandmother in an immensely diminished state, got some joy out of seeing her. It was a two way relationship. You're still providing, even if you're diminished in a diminished state, you're still providing something to someone else by your mere presence. Uh, so 
I have a much tougher time saying like, okay, you know, I'm not a, for la- sound crass, like I'm not a vegetable, but I, I, you know, I'm, I'm clearly in diminished state. You know, the, the dementia has sort of taken a hold of me. Uh, Alzheimer's has taken a hold of me and I'm in a much more reduced capacity in terms of my personality, my memory and all that stuff. So where I'm not the same person as I was before. I would still have a hard time saying definitively, okay, yes, I would like to then end my life at that point because there's still a chance that like, you know, this is a little bit conceited, but like maybe, maybe I, there's still a benefit that I provide from being alive for, for my wife or my daughter or, or for a family member. Maybe my, my brother is still around or something like that, like, or a friend, like maybe somebody, somebody wants to come visit and like just my mere presence, even if I'm not Matt Casnell from, 2023 you know maybe there's still something there there's still some utility i can provide just by my presence which is it sounds it sounds a little conceited i promise that's not what i'm meaning it's more just like hey i'm mm. i was part of your life you were part of my life i'm still around you know i'm gonna get a great lift out of seeing you even if i i'm not fully there and you will hopefully get a lift out of seeing me and uh so i guess it's a, a very long-winded way of saying don't really know at this point. My guess would be that as long as I'm healthy otherwise, I probably would stick around. But yeah. that's just and I, I I do want to say, like, I don't think either option is like, uh, like I'm not going to sit here and be like, that's the wrong choice, Matt. Like, I'm genuinely well, curious what your guys' take. But yeah. I do want to point out that I, I think it's very... Funny is the wrong word, but it's the only one that comes to mind. That at your your summation of that take is uh, that you you're like I'm sorry if that's conceded. It's like so you want to be around because you have an impact on others. That is the opposite of conceit. Well, I I would say it sounds conceited in my mind because it's like, dude, I'm so important that I gotta stick around and like it's yeah. maybe that maybe that's just the way my warped brain works where I'm like yeah I, I, it's important that I'm alive still but like where, where, I, I think know. a lot of concerns with people and like people's objections to death with dignity in any case and the overly reductionist version of this or easiest understandable way of explaining it is like oh when your dog is like really 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 sick and it's like you should just let them go well, we can do this treatment and we can do this. And it's like, yeah. And their quality of life is garbage and they're not, it, this is not going to get better. It's just going to continue to get worse. You're doing this for you, which is selfish, not for them. So you're making them suffer for you while there is no physical pain and the idea of dementia and Alzheimer's and that those umbrella of memory issues Sure. It, it's kind of similar. So I thought it was interesting that that's my biggest issue in the approach to this is people are like, well, but I want them to stay here. And it's not about you. Whereas your right. perspective is I want to be here for them. So I, I've gone through such a fucking gamut of emotions uh, thinking about this. I've gotten, cause I, cause initially Tim, I agreed with you. I was like, well, this is just for them. But then when Matt was talking, I was like, however, and that is still true. However, I, at the point where I'm not myself anymore, it doesn't fucking matter. You know, 
Like, it's just, it's fine. If they want to keep me alive because it makes them feel better, that's fine. Like, I, I would be happy to continue to exist just to make other people feel good, you know, to be like, oh, we had, you know, we, oh man, you know, he, we had a really good conversation for like 15 minutes. It was dope. It was like, he, it was like, he was old Sean and it was wonderful. And like, I would be more than happy to be that for somebody. I think where the line for me would be then is that if I am living, if I am suffering physically, like, you know, I, like if I'm ha if I'm physically having a bad time in between those moments of lucidity where I'm like fully there, I think then like fully cut the cord be only because like, for me, I'm considering like, I'm not, that's not me anymore, but I don't think anybody should have to suffer physically, you know, mm -hmm. like I think anybody. So like, that's just like an objective thing. Like just, you know, at that point you are being selfish. Like when you're keeping a dog or a cat alive, because it's just, it's just for you. Like the, the, when it's, and this is, it's, I think it feels gauche to be able to, to compare your, loved ones to pets but like you know if you're you know if it's a similar emotional connection of, and yeah. easier comparison of choice and power over the mm -hmm. other at that point yeah because you fully because that i think with pets it's like that's like one of the only times when you kind of fully have rain except when your next of kin is like very old mm -hmm. uh i think it's the easiest thing to the easiest comparison to draw. Yeah. But I, I, I think, so that that's my line. If I, if my corporeal form is suffering, cut the line, you know, pull the chute, I'm done. But if, if that's not the case, like just let me, you know, bring a little bit of happiness to people for a little while every so often. And that's, you know, that's that's what we strive to do anyway. And we're just living our lives in between those moments anyway, yeah. where we're just trying to make other people not ha other. We're not trying to make other people happy, but we're trying to you know, bring a little bit of joy into the world. Yeah. Honestly, that was a great, great middle point between me and Matt, but also like the way the way you're like, you're, you're right. It's not me anymore. So why does it matter if I'm making other people happy? I didn't, I've never considered that very specific point of that. And like, I, I feel like it, <laughs> on the scale, it's definitely like ticked back in that direction. <laughs> so like well, that's, that's the, cause I fully, I fully agreed with you when we started, but then I started talking. I was like, that's actually a really good point. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's what happens when you yeah, talk I, about I, ideas. I, 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 say, you wind up like, all over the place. You're like, oh, that's a good point. Like, Tim made a good point. Oh, Sean made a good yeah, point, fully, too. Fully, if, if I'm dead and you want to put me on, like, a fucking animatronic shit and make me dance because you think that's funny, go ahead. I'm dead. I don't care. You've got horrifying you know, you Do uh, with like, my Facebook, corpse as you will. That Facebook yeah, AR sure. commercial mean, from a couple years ago where, like, you never <laughs> die. <laughs> Exactly. Five nights of course, at Sean's. I will be a little bit upset that I'm not a tree. Five nights at Sean's. Wow. But uh, but you can deal with that on your own time while you're watching me dance 
as a human scarecrow. I would go to your Five Nights at Sean's every night to watch you dance as a scarecrow. Terrifying. Then I'll murder you. Does anyone... Because you didn't look at the right side door or whatever. Does anyone have any other thoughts on either the afterlife or the uh, the idea of, of, of maintaining life after you, you're less capacitated? We'll put it that way. Hmm. I, I mean this yeah. in all respect. Please no. Nobody have any more. It's already been dark as it is. I need an escape. Yeah. I need an escape. Well, let me see I if I can get a little bit bummed. Let out. me see if I can narrow down what questions I had yeah. left. Though. I was gonna say, where, whereas uh, the boys need escapes, we just like dig <laughs> in, and it's like we, we're hashing yeah. this very sad topic out. Let's go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everyone knows how small we are in comparison to the rest of the universe. <laughs> <No>. uh, <laughs> so. I can insignificant your life. Listen, I'm small yeah, in comparison yeah. to then you. Yes, I'm aware how yeah. small I am. Here's a fun one for all of you. Do you know how long the, the universe has been in existence compared to how long we'll all be <laughs> on this mortal coil? Uh, <laughs> so, all right. Uh, I will genuinely uh, go with something a little bit lighter. Something I was thinking about earlier today. Um, what old franchise either it could be a movie tv show book series or game or what have you what old franchise do you wish would come back and the reason i thought about this i mean there's a variety of things you can come up with like oh an old game they haven't made this video game in forever i wish they could make it now i want the nba on nbc to come back (laughs) for for a variety of reasons now a lot of people say you just want it to come back because of the song. And I do want it to come back because of the song. Are you guys familiar with the NBA on NBC theme song? No. God, it's so good. It's the, the most sports of sports theme songs possible. <laughs> Please listen to it. It's it, First of all, John Tesh wrote it. Um, uh-huh. And it's a fucking banger. I sang it to my daughter a couple weeks ago, and she started dancing. She's <laughs> incredible. So... um so, um, so it's partly because of that. The presentation was incredible. So the NBA, NBA on NBC ran for like 12 years and it was just like the national TV broadcast. They had all the finals. Uh, they became synonymous with like sort of the rise of the NBA in the nineties. Cause that was when like Michael Jordan was, was at the peak of his powers. Mm-hmm. And then as Jordan, uh, transitioned into retirement, then you had like the, the Shaq and Kobe Lakers of the nineties. So you had these two huge dynasties and all these like other teams just sort of rising up to try and take them out but you also i contend as a sports uh fan and as a sports viewer that nbc has almost always had like the best presentation of any major network when it comes to professional sports like nbc has sunday night football now and for like a decade sunday night football has been like you can feel it when they broadcast like oh this is an event like they got a good game. The presentation's really good. They've got good broadcasters. It was Al Michaels for a long time. And now you got Mike Tarico and Chris Collinsworth. You had, you know, Dan Patrick, Bob Costas, Keith, freaking Keith Olbermann for a little bit was doing broadcast mm. for them. Um, like it's just all these, it, it just feels like an event and the presentation is great. The, the music is great. And, uh, and so the Sunday football is like that when they, 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 when they did hockey for a while, NBC hockey was, was great presentation. They had freaking doc Emmerich doing the broadcast. NBC just perpetually does a great job with their broadcast, whether it's presentation or the play-by-play folks. And in the nineties, they did it great because they had Marv Albert, they had Reggie Miller, they had Bob Costas, they had Bill Walton, who's just crazy. And I love him. Uh, and they had the goddamn music. It was just, and sure. Some of that is nostalgia because I'm sort of, I'm, I'm, 
tying it to the, you know, when I was, when I was a kid and watching it and watching Michael Jordan and Sean Kemp and, you know, Malone and Stockton and all those guys playing ball in the nineties, I'm sure that's part of it. But I, I think it was a genuinely great, great, great presentation. Like the ringer did a whole piece a couple years ago, just on the history of round ball rock, the song, the, the John Tesh song that I was talking about. They did a full oral history of the theme song for a major networks broadcast to professional basketball, not the players, not Allen Iverson, not any of the teams of the song. Uh, that song is a bop. I just listened to it. It's it's fantastic. So good. It's so good. There's a, there's a live, there's a live version of it. John Tesh performed it at like red rocks and, uh, it's, and it's really good because he's got he's playing live piano on it. It's so good. Uh, so I, I would I want the NBA on NBC to come back. What old uh, or or f- sort of forgotten fran- media franchise book, TV show, game, movie, whatever it might be, do you want to come back? This, this is this is this is an easy one for me. I talk about this all the time. Fucking Dino Crisis. It was a game that came out on the PS One. They had two uh, Dino Crisis one and two, just. Easiest way to explain it, Resident Evil, but dinosaurs. And it was fantastic. And Capcom never brought it back after Dino Crisis 2. They've brought back a bunch of other... like they, They're releasing a new dinosaur-esque game in, within the next couple of months. It's not Dino Crisis. And like it just... That's what everyone wants is like a remake or, or, or a recreation of those games. And we'll just, we'll probably never get it. And it's, it needs, it needs to come back. It needs to come back. They were, they were so good. Yes. Dino crisis in which the, uh, parasol corporation, uh, turned everyone into dinosaurs for some reason. <laughs> and then, yes, the and parasol. then they go to Latin America in the fourth one. Yeah. The, <laughs> They, uh, the, um, so I would have said maybe, maybe, uh, a couple months ago, I would have said clone high, but that came they're back. back. It's back now. They're nice. back, baby. And it is very good. Mm. It is very good. It, it's not, I don't know. I mean, I've only watched, I think the first two episodes and it's, it's different, but it is still good. Like, I don't know. I, I think it is. It, it captures the spirit of the original one in 2023. Um, I didn't realize it was back. It, it was like the best thing I've heard today. My wife is so my is wife wonderful. is stoked. She loved that show back in the. I, I don't think I ever watched it for. I for years would watch it annually. I just like plow through it because it's only it was only like 13 episodes or something. So good. Um, my it was my favorite animated show besides like Avatar or whatever. Um, but, uh, hmm. <laughs> the NBA on NBC. I just listened to the song. It's so, it's good. so good. <laughs> it's genuinely like the best, like, the, like, oh, there's all like, the NFL on Fox themes. It's like the NFL on Fox is really good. Like some of the CBS stuff is good. But like, as far as like musical compositions, I, I contend that as a, as a just straight up composition of music, it's the best like broadcast theme song for like a sporting event. But you, he bounces. John Tesh bounces a, an invisible basketball when he performs it live. 
<laughs> I'm not kidding. He's so corny. I love it. Timmy, you got, do you got one that's uh, on the top of your head? I had a couple that like bounced around and I was like, they were only like one shots or one season. So I feel like that's not enough. But if we're go, if clone high was possibly an option, say firefly, say it. I'm not going to say firefly. I legitimately thought Richie was going to. Well, the the thing about firefly is it it, it, got a movie. It got the show. It got the movie. It got a good number of different comic book series that are all canon Mm -hmm. to the story of firefly. So they, as far as I know, they did finish the series. Yeah, it's it's not like I think there was an uh, uh, and there was a whole episode of the Big Bang Theory show about this ep- about the show. There's a show on Sci-Fi called Alphas, I believe, where like they canceled it after a cliffhanger of everybody's in a coma and never brought it back. And I don't think there was a uh, a, a follow up to it at all. Don't know. Um. So I was going to say Turok just as a joke based on Richie saying Dino Crisis. <laughs> Turok's great. Great call. Um, great. The the show that immediately popped into my mind was two. One from my childhood and one from like... <sighs> I remember watching it in like early high school or maybe middle school and then re-watching it when I was in college because I had access to steal things off of the internet and watch the whole show. Um. The childhood one is called VR Troopers. Yes. Yes. Wow. I I remember that Fucking great. Which then made me think, I was like, (laughs) Beetleborgs. Beetleborgs. I remember freaking Beetleborgs. I at least watched one. I cannot cannot tell you how often I dreamed that I would walk into a home that was haunted. Right? And those ghosts would give me superpowers. <laughs> but it uh, it was funny because that Elvis that Elvis looking ghost would give me fucking superpowers. I loved VR Troopers, and then when I moved to Exton, no one knew what it was when I started preschool or kindergarten, and I was like, I don't belong here. <laughs> um, I'm all no, alone. And, and then the other show was uh, it's called John Doe. It's uh, the same actor from. That. Same actor from Prison Break, and he's the fire guy in the Flash series, and he's Dracula in the One Blade movie. Big guy. Um, But it was before all of that. It was when sci-fi was still a channel. Uh, And the whole the premise of the show was that the main character, him, wakes up, doesn't know anything about himself, doesn't know his name, but knows everything about pretty much everything else. Like he wakes up on a weird sh- like fishing boat in the middle of like the San Francisco Bay. They're talking to him in some weird language. He responds in that language and then is confused that he knows it. When the cops are interviewing him, they're like, do you know what day it is? And he's like, based on the angle of the sun and this, 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 I'm going to say it's about 9.07 on this date, on this year. And they're like, what the fuck? Uh, but he can't see any color. Everything's in black and white. So the whole premise of the show is him trying to find out what happened to him, why he is, how he is. And there's random things that 
he can see in color that are like connected to his past. And like the show ends on a cliffhanger and like introduce uh, what was supposed to be a, a twist that interviews have showed afterwards. But it's like, oh, my God, your biggest friend is actually your biggest enemy. And it's like, no, he has a twin brother. Holy shit. Uh, but it's like there, there's so much potential for that show. And honestly, like I thought he was great in it. And in comparison to all of the characters that he has done since, I think they they have typecast the fuck out of him because he's a great actor and they just give him. Uh, 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 mm-hmm. I'm big, strong man. Uh. He's Tim Allen for sure. <laughs> More power. I like that. Right. Oh, Metabots. They should bring Metabots back. Metabots. Metabots. More Metabots. More power. Back on Beetleborgs, I had the toy that was the giant beetle that walked, where you put all the other beetles on top of it. I was such a nerd. Um, mm. Sean, I love Beetleborgs. Sean mentioning uh, Clone High coming back uh, made me think of... Uh, they're bring. They're also bringing back the '90s X-Men cartoon. They're making a sequel to the '90s X-Men cartoon that's premiering this year called X-Men '97. The one with like the yeah yeah. And so then I was like, what if they brought back the original Batman, the '90s Batman animated series, like probably the best animated Batman series. Yeah, except your voice actor is dead. True, true. You can't do that because... Minor, minor quibble. AI yeah, can fix minor. that. AI can fix that. Beep boop. <laughs> that's, that's totally what they're on strike for right now. So AI mm. can't fix that. Uh, on that on that subject, I would also not mind seeing them bring back... Because uh, I'm a sucker for all those like mid-90s Capcom fighting games. Like those like uh, Marvel versus Capcom... Like the sprite based ones, like the really, like the, the very cartoony mm-hmm. uh, ones. Love those. Games. Mm-hmm. I would absolutely yeah. bring those back. Yeah, Marvel, versus Marvel, Marvel, I guess Marvel got the rights back and it cost like a billion dollars. Marvel versus Capcom 2 was one of my favorite fighting games for so long. Hmm. There, So there is a. Uh, let's see. When did they start coming out? Oh my gosh, what's going on here? Uh, so there is a there was a book series called Redwall that Red I read Ball. when I was little, okay. and it was it was it's like a fantasy series where all of the main characters are rodents. Mm-hmm. Tell me more. And it was, and it was, it it's like very I don't know it's just like a very it's just kind of basic fantasy shit. But like I was so into that. The first book came out in eighty six. And I just like that was like such my jam. I also would like them to reboot uh, Ender's Game. I'd like them to make a good movie. I think those those two. So you give me a Red Wall series or an Ender's Game series, either one. I think I'd be super duper into. It. Are you saying based on the movie or based on the book? Based on the book. Okay. Did would you think of the movie? It was good. It was fine. I think they. I think it would have been better served with like a series where you don't. You can kind of like spread it out a little bit. I agree. I said, yeah. Like I. That was yeah. what. I, I. That was like one of the few movies. There's not. There's a lot of movies that I don't like, but I assumed I wasn't gonna like them when I started 
or I, or I was very just like meh going in. I read Ender's Game before I went and saw it on purpose, which is probably my fault. But I remember watching it and be like, that was bullshit. <laughs> it was fine for what it was but it's like they made up plot lines that don't exist they got they like completely ignored uh like one or two very what i thought seemed real important in the book just not in the movie at all and i was like fucking why that's so much better than this fake shit you made up yeah well i okay so not to get too in the weeds on ender's game but i i'm i know for a fact he murdered a kid in the book, but I don't think he does in the he doesn't. movie. And also, like the romance um, doesn't exist in the book. They made that up yeah. for the movie, which cheapens so much of the things that happen later. For sure, I think the the reality of it is that like <laughs> the Ender's Game, Ender's Game has has one of like it's it has a plot twist at the very end. If you haven't seen the movie or read the book, read the book. Don't see the movie. But like the plot twist at the end. For sure. I read it when I was, I think, 14. And it blew my fucking mind. I was like... It was, it's a not great in like twist. A, like, I, for sure. It wasn't like, I, I can't believe this happened twist. But it was like, everything makes sense now. <laughs> it, was like, it was like universe brain shit. Uh, but it's... Uh, that's those two. I like it. Good choices. I like it. I like it. I like it. Uh... All right, Rich. I think you're left. All right. Um. Yeah, I'll do. I'll do the one that I found online. Uh, and I'll, I'll edit a little bit. Uh, what uh, what part in an old show or movie that you used to watch as a kid was the scariest thing in the world to you? That when you think about now, honestly, Risley wasn't that scary, and you don't know why you got so scared about it. Um, the elephant me, in the show, you can't do that on television. Scared the shit out of me. What? In the intro Why? of the show, you can't do that on television. I didn't like elephants. They're big and loud and scary and they could crush me. Didn't like it. Couldn't stand it when I was a kid. Jeez. Up until like age like four or five. However long that show still was on Nickelodeon. That's awesome. I, I the don't show. Know. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's like a Canadian sketch show. That's where the sliming uh came from. Uh, Sorry, maybe Rich cut you cut you off, Rich, but that was like a bar none my answer for sure. No, it's fine. I'm watching uh I guess like their There's like an elephant know. sound or an elephant trunk or something like that. I, I, I don't quite remember. But either way I was like, Oh my god, I can't stand it. I'd freak out anytime I saw it. Uh but for me it was uh Zeke <laughs> like what do you think about it now this is not that scary it was dumb but i'm like a dumb kid and like i always remember the scene of zeke holding the plunger and spinning it into the camera as it fades to black for commercial and i'm just like man that scared the heck out of me as a kid yeah you just unlocked a memory that i didn't <laughs> know i had so I agree, and every answer that I was possibly considering is just wrong now. Because um, I was going to go with um, the show Ghost Writer. Okay. Not Ghost Writer, Ghost Writer. Um, same era of television. Uh, but there was like a couple of episodes where there was like this weird purple slime thing. 
Um, and I don't even remember most of the plot line. I just remember it's like the show in general was like, we're solving mysteries kind of sort of things. And there's this weird bouncing dot that writes us notes and messages and hints. But I remember there was a couple episodes with this creepy ass fucking like purple doll. And then it's like, it's not a doll. It's a whole fucking person at some point. And I'm like, what the f- gooey Gus? Um, I guess is what his name was. Gooey Gus? Gooey Gus. Yeah. And it's funny because one of the pic, like I finally found a picture of him and the picture that it's for the article is remembering the scariest moments in TV shows when you were younger. <laughs> I was like, nailed it. You knew it. You're listening. I get it. Oh, God. Gooey Gus. Yeah. So no. Google Images listens to the Brose podcast so it can give me the right information. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. What do you got, Sean? Oh, I remember Gooey Gus. I remember that. I didn't I watch Ghost Rider, so I I have no recollection. But um, I remember. So I think, just in general, the um, the show, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Mm-hmm. Just, I think so. Are You Afraid of the Dark? scared me more so it was are you afraid of the dark and goosebumps were on at the same time mm-hmm. they were basically like just the same vibes except in goosebumps things always worked out yeah at the end. in are you afraid of the dark a lot of times the kid like there would be like a twist situation there was one yeah there was one where like a kid was stuck in a pinball machine or something and I feel like at the end, like he was still stuck in the pinball machine. Mm-hmm. Like it was like, oh, everything's okay. Ha, just kidding. He's still stuck in the pinball machine. And so um, I, I just remember like there are because I, I have rewatched this these episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark since like at, growing up, and they're not. I, as an adult removed from the situation, recognize that they're they are scary, but they're not like. They shouldn't stick with me, but like the episode when with the clown in the, um, uh there's two, there's two separate clowns and both of them fuck me up. There is the episode when that girl is turning into a doll, Mm -hmm. uh, a porcelain doll that's still like, I still, I don't, I don't like think about it often, but if it ever comes up, I'm like, oh, that like it, it, it it chills me to this day as a 34 year old (laughs) man. That, I'm still like, man, that's fucked up. Like <laughs> that we watch that. It probably explains Ugh. why porcelain dolls is one of my actual un uh, stupid fears. Like porcelain dolls are scary as shit, and that show probably yeah. explains it. <laughs> For sure, I think I, there are just so many. I think I don't know. I think that show is like corny now to watch it but like really did a really good job mm-hmm. for the time mm-hmm. yeah it, it's it was it was job. it was tales from the crypt for kids and it they did a really good job of doing that i i loved mm-hmm. that show that was like yeah. the best show so i love how some of these have great names like the tale of the pinball wizard uh and then there's the tale of the dangerous soup <laughs> mm. <laughs> soup's dangerous mm, soup. come on man yeah watch out um, the old soup coming around the corner. Honorable mention to the scene of Home Alone 2 when was Harry the tall one? Or was it Marv was the tall one of the 
sticky bandits. Yeah. The tall Marv one. Marv is the tall one. Yeah, Marv. When he, uh, I think it was Marv, gets electrocuted and you see his skeleton. Like, that was supposed to be a, com- a comedic bit, but mm-hmm. that scared me when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any oh. other free scary, un- unusually scary things you remember from Sorry, I'm just looking. television? I'm, I'm just looking up Tales from the Dark. Uh, or Are You Afraid of the Dark? And, and I came across one that I now remember also scared the shit out of me. Uh, Tale of the Ghastly Grinner. Ghastly Grinner. Oh, yeah. Ghastly like, Grinner. That was the one with the comic book. The comic book and the blue and yellow mm-hmm. like Jester. Yeah. Oh, Terrible. that scared the shit out of me. Ooh. I want to rewatch yeah, all of but them. that's what I'm saying. That shit's so fucked up. Mm-hmm. All, that, all that stuff. I think if I were... If I were to... I could watch it today with Alice. And I would be like... It would kind of like brush off me. And I would have no idea the impact it would be having to this little brain. <laughs> like years later. Yep. 20 years later, I'm still like... Over 20 years later. Yeah. I'm still like, man, that, that shit was fucked up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you showed that to a kid? Yeah. yeah how yeah, dare yeah. you? It was a different time back in the 90s. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right, then. That's it. We did it. Another Yay. session of Brose is in the books. Can you believe it? Because I can't. Tim, your thoughts? What? I wasn't still listening. Up, still looking up gooey Gus over there? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm on uh, the 2021 part of the revival of Are You Afraid of the Duck? Oh, my God. <laughs> all right, just let things die. And I was just talking about all the reboots that I wanted to bring back. I'm like, let some things die. It's okay. <laughs> Are you afraid the dark was fine? Are you afraid of the dark? Yeah. All right. Uh, well, you can always bring back the Brose podcast. We'll be back next week. It's just we'll be we'll be here in like another seven days. It's all good. But if you want to listen to our back episodes of the show, or if you just want to make sure that uh, that you get the latest episode of Brose. As soon as it's released, you can go subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. We're available anywhere where fine podcasts are bought and sold. If you want to follow our show on Twitter, you can do so at Brose underscore podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook at Brose Podcast or on Instagram at Brose underscore podcast. And if you have a question that you want us to answer on the air, email it to brosequestions at gmail.com. That's brosequestions at gmail.com special thanks as always to mary o'brien who compiles our listener questions to tess riley for editing our show to shannon vogel who designed our world famous logo you can find shannon's work uh, at her page on facebook.com or at her shop on etsy.com and our theme music is when by Stephen Siebert. w-h-e-n when by Stephen Siebert. you can find his work at the free music archive all right time for some plugs and twitter handles rich sweet and we'll start with you uh, check me out on Twitter at B underscore Walnuts, where I've got new art and fit profiles and stuff. Uh, and also check me out on twitch.tv slash B underscore Walnuts for video game streaming Monday, Tuesday, and Sunday, as well as streaming on Kick on Thursdays. Also check out um, PodQuest, the weekly nerdy talk show. I blanked for a second. Mm. <laughs> Sean, what about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at HeyItSOB. You can find me throwing Frisbees. At OB Disc Golf. And also, if you're a hot mess, 
because it is literally so hot right now uh, in South Jersey and or Philadelphia, and you can't afford an AC unit. You can go to tinyurl.com slash airconditioners2023, and you can fill out a uh, requisition form for uh, an air conditioner unit. And if you want to help out, if you want to help provide those air conditioner units, uh, you can contribute at opencollective.com slash funds dash y'all dash Philly. And you, Tim Hansen, what's your Twitter handle and what's the deal What's the deal with the Escape from Poop City podcast? Seem just had to make a Seinfeld joke. Now I don't even want to say anything. You don't even know what you. How would you even know what Seinfeld was unless you watched every single episode? Because you all of y'all make a joke is. every fucking time. Just like I don't like. I think the song um, um, "Don't Want to Miss a Thing" is fucking garbage. But I know mm-hmm. every single word because people played it all the time. When what what, what is he gonna miss? What's he so worried about missing? Just miss it. It's okay to be a misser. <laughs> I'm not a misser, Jerry. Uh, I'm missing it. <laughs> <laughs> so you can find me on Twitter not talking about Seinfeld at Tim R. Hansen. Uh, and if you enjoy our uh, wonderful banter and pop culture references to yesteryear and today year and being mad about current events, then you're going to love the sense of humor of Stephen and Charles uh, over at Escape from Poop City. They discuss current events, current goings ons, and if shit gets too real or they get real bummed out that kids are being shot again. Uh, they'll trigger a thought experiment and uh, an escape, if you will, so that they forget their woes and forget what they were talking about more often than not. Um, so it's it's definitely some interesting conversation coming up with playlists based on uh, the seven deadly sins and uh, full course meals based on the the years you've the decades that you've been alive and stuff like that. So uh, definitely some interesting conversation. Check uh check out your bros. Plus, they keep adding bros to our show every time they talk about us. So, I'm mean, I'm interested to see what new names they come up with. Oh, oh my God. we got so many bros at this point. We need to throw some of them back into the ocean. Yeah, dude, we're <laughs> easily up to thirty just on the like the last two episodes. <laughs> we a catch and release bro system here. Oh, <gasps> yeah. <laughs> so many fucking bros. You can follow me on Twitter at mkaznel. That's m k a s z n e l. And my plugs this week are just to go back and listen to. Uh, the plugs that Sean offered up uh, in the previous few episodes, as well as this one, great causes. Uh, and uh, I would yeah, just do that. Double plug, triple plug. I'm doubling and tripling and quadrupling down on those plugs. Whoa! Do you have enough There's loot so for that? Air conditioners. The loot, enough loot to double to quadruple down. Yes, enough loot. Loot. Enough yeah, liar. that's what I said. Got it. I don't know. Enough uh, harpsichord. Yeah. Enough flute. <laughs> Jethro Tull. Say goodbye to the gentle listeners, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Aqua Lung won a, won a Grammy. <laughs> For Tim Hansen, Rich Sweet, and Sean O'Brien, the entire Action Moose team. My name is Matt Kent. For best metal record. My name is Matt Kessler. Reminding you all that Jethro Tull won best metal record over Metallica the year that they introduced it at the Grammys. And be smart about being stupid because the fucking Grammys weren't.